WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a fabulous weekend and a wonderful St. Patrick's Day celebration as well. Here at 6 o'clock, time for a first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540, I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the aftermath of the New Zealand mosque attacks. Details in one minute. And the New Zealand massacre has triggered ugly politics here in the U.S. Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. New Zealand will make changes to its gun laws after last Friday's deadly mosque shootings that left at least 50 people dead. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced the cabinet had reached an in-principle decision about reforms. When Australia found itself tragically in a similar position to what we find ourselves now, they took 12 days to make their decision. We have taken 72 hours. There is, though, still some detail that needs to be worked through. I want to do that, but still move as quickly as we can. Police in New Zealand say they are certain there was only one gunman behind Friday's deadly mosque attacks. I want to definitely state that we believe that there was only one attacker responsible for this horrendous event. However, Police Commissioner Mike Bush says it's possible that more people offered support to the alleged shooter, a 28-year-old Australian national. The victims of the attacks on two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, were remembered in Orlando over the weekend. A multi-denominational gathering on Saturday evening featured speakers including Mayor Buddy Dyer, State Attorney Aramis Ayala, and Imam Tariq Rashid. Dyer pointed out the world showed support for Orlando following the Pulse nightclub shooting, and the city, uh, the city should support other cities that experience similar tragedies. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Gasoline just got more expensive in Florida. AAA reports that Florida gas prices increased an average of 15 cents per gallon last week, the second largest weekly increase among any other state in the country behind only Kentucky. As of today, Sunshine State drivers are paying an average price of $2.61 for a gallon of regular. AAA says pump prices rose because of increased demand, a decline in supplies, seasonal refinery maintenance, and a switch to summer blend gasoline, which is more expensive to produce. The current an average price in the Orlando area is two fifty-eight a gallon. Larry Spillman, News Radio ninety-three point one WFLA. Gas bought update right now. Um, what I've seen ranges maybe from two fifty-three to two sixty-three, but man, it has gone up fast and a lot, hasn't it, Ellen? It has, Bud. A father and adult son are dead after a fire in Seminole County. The fire started early yesterday morning in Longwood at a home on Nicole Lane. A woman identified as the wife and mother of the victims was inside the home and was able to escape. There's no word on a cause. The victims have not been identified. Rory McIlroy held off Jim Furyk in Sunday's final round to win the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. McIlroy sank a pair of late birdies to post a 270 and finish the tournament at 16 under par. This is probably the deepest field of the year. Um, you know, there's so much on the line, and you know, I'm just thankful that you know, it, it was my turn this week. Uh, I felt like if I just stayed patient enough, 
and waited my turn, you know, things would work out for me, and I'm, I'm glad to have. McElroy on the Golf Channel. He finished one shot in front of Furyk, who fired a 5-under 67 to finish alone in second place at 15-under. WFLA News time is 6.05. A chaotic mid-flight airline brawl is caught on camera. That video is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you. Great to be with you here on a Monday edition of the show, post-St. Patrick's Day. Hope you had a terrific weekend. The Bud Man here, along with my co-host Alan Spector. Yaffe's our executive producer. Melissa Fox will be the friendly voice on the other end of the line when you want to join the conversation. And we're going to start out with how the New Zealand massacre has triggered some really ugly politics here in the United States. You may already have some thoughts on that. And President Trump has been put right in the middle of it, which I think is pretty much outrageous. And uh, do you want him to say something he hasn't said yet? Should he make a speech on white nationalism, on hate crimes around the world? 407-916-5400. Text line is uh, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Tell you what, let's dive right in, shall we? We also have some great news, and I guess you're going to bring us this at the bottom of the hour in terms of sports. March Madness, NCAA College Basketball Tournament. Three big Florida teams are going to the dance. That's right, UCF, Florida, and Florida State all going to the NCAA Basketball Tournament. Yeah, the details coming up on that. It's very exciting as well. So we cover it all, local, national, sometimes it's politics, sometimes it's not. And we love being uh, here with you, the best audience in talk radio. So we'll dive right into it um, here on the 50,000-watt front porch. An update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.07. Headlining another angle in the wake of that horrible massacre at the mosques in New Zealand, Facebook says it is trying now to control the spread of the videos that were put out by the um, by the killer. The gunman live-streamed the massacre on Friday on the social media site for 17 minutes. And I guess it keeps on popping up in various versions. Copies of the videos soon began to spread. Facebook has struggled to take them down, saying they're doing so as soon as they are discovered. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories for you all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And now to the ugly politics, which are not only being focused on on President Trump, but also, yeah, on Hillary's baby girl, daughter Chelsea. Get to that here in just a moment. Of course, there was a manifesto put out by this by this maniac who killed all of those people in those two mosques in normally peaceful New Zealand. You know, and in the manifesto, the guy calls Trump a symbol of renewed white identity and common purpose. That's what the media is reporting right now because they all of a sudden want to blame this on Trump and renew their charges that he is a white nationalist, a bigot, a white supremacist. The next line in the manifesto is not getting a lot of coverage on the likes of the anti-Trump media, you know, in print, the Post, uh, the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC on television, where he says he doesn't like Trump and he doesn't like his policies, okay? Okay. 
That's interesting. You're not hearing too much of this. But it's never enough whatever Trump says. Does he need to say more than he has already said? Immediately after the massacre, he tweeted, My warmest sympathy and best wishes go out to the people of New Zealand after the horrible massacre at the mosques. 49 innocent people so senselessly died, with so many more seriously injured. The U.S. stands by New Zealand for anything we can do. God bless all. And, um, of course, now they're trying to say that Trump's rhetoric creates an atmosphere that increases the chances of such a massacre happening anywhere in the world. Uh, By the way, Trump on Friday, listen closely here, was asked whether he thinks white nationalism is on the rise. I don't really. I think it's a uh, small group of people that have very, very serious problems. I guess if you look at what happened in New Zealand, perhaps that's a case. I don't know enough about it yet. And at that point, he didn't know enough about it. Does he now need to say more? Listen now, Trump's acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. I'm watching him on Fox News Sunday yesterday morning with Chris Wallace on the president's enemies automatically trying to put the blame on him for anything bad that happens, and they do it. In this case, the New Zealand massacre and constantly trying to brand Trump as a white supremacist. Here's Mulvaney. I want to push back against this idea that every time something bad happens everywhere around the world, folks who don't like Donald Trump seem to blame it on Donald Trump. To the degree that there is an issue with white supremacist, white nationalist, anti-Muslim bigotry in this country, and there is an issue with that, why not deliver a speech condemning it? You've seen the president stand up for religious liberties, individual liberties. The president is not a white supremacist. I'm not sure how many times we have to say that. Now, Mulvaney also went on to say, you know what, we might do a speech, might not, whatever. Um, Yaffe and I have talked about this. I think the president is being outrageously and and, and in such a sinister fashion continually miscast as as a white nationalist, a white supremacist, you know, who hates minorities, etc. I don't think it would hurt if he actually did a speech, you know, and laid it out and put this thing uh, to rest. Now, you may say it will just ignite the Trump haters, they're already ignited, okay, and burning brightly. I think, Yaffe, it would be a good thing. I think he should do it. You know, when we've had terrorist attacks in the U.S. in the past few years, or even in the world in the past few years by radical Islamists, Trump came out very strongly against that ideology. So I agree with you, he needs to come out just as strongly against white nationalism. But I also understand the other side, because if he does that, then the left will just say, well, you're the reason why it's rising. So, you know, he can't win. You know, and, and there is evidence that you know, overall, you know, the number of incidents involving white supremacists around the world is going up, but it remains a minuscule part of the population. But there are, there is hate out there from all angles yeah. and all ideologies, you know? There are hateful Muslims. There are hateless, there, there are hateful white nationalists. There are, there are, you know, hateless black, uh, hateful blacks. There are, you know, there are hateful Jews for crying out loud. It's the human condition here. It's not all, it isn't all the white majority. It just isn't. And the president has been wrongly cast by his enemies invested in his destruction and his presidency's destruction in the wake of Charlottesville. Because if you look at all of the quotes there, you know, the president said, well, there were good people on both sides. 
Well, he wasn't talking about there were good people among the Nazis who were there. There were good people among those who showed up on either side of the issue of whether or not the Robert E. Lee statue in the middle of the town square in Charlottesville, Virginia, ought to stay or it ought to go. And there were good people who were not haters who were there on both sides. But that doesn't mean, oh, yeah, some of the Nazis were good. That's the way the anti-Trump media has sold this and cast the president in a way that I think is outrageous and I think it is inappropriate and I think it is inaccurate and I think it is wrong. And the president's his, his best advocate. I say he needs to give a speech on this topic and shut these people up. You know, I have seen no evidence at all that this guy who did this attack in New Zealand would not have done it if Trump were not president or something. And that guy is solely responsible for the mayhem. Exactly. He is solely, Melissa, responsible for the mayhem. Yes. Uh, the uh, person, the bad actor, as I like to refer to it, and you do too, is uh, just, I think he just put it on there, the Trump thing, just because he knew it was incendiary, you know, the, they were, it's going to catch fire, and, and it has. It's terrible. Let us know what you think here. Has the president said all he should say? Or do you agree now is a real opportunity to call out the Trump haters who are blaming him for every bad thing that happens and casting him as a white supremacist, which he is not, in my firm view? Should he make that speech? You tell me. And how, how is it that the Bud Man is taken up for Chelsea Clinton in the middle of all of this? Well, I am. And so is Donald Trump Jr. If you haven't heard that story, I'll try to make time for it here in a moment. Central Florida headlines for you right now. A domestic dispute is believed to have played a role in a deadly crash in Osceola County. St. Cloud police say Andrick Barksdale rammed a car his girlfriend was in Friday night on Canoe Creek Road, which led to a chain reaction crash that killed a woman driving another car. The 34-year-old Barksdale facing charges that include battery and vehicular manslaughter more charges possible. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Minority rights, I'm all for. Minority, well, tyranny. Tyranny of the minority. I dubbed it years ago on this show. I will condemn every time out. And so it was over the weekend that Hillary and Bill's daughter, Chelsea Clinton, who's now pregnant with her third child, showed up in support of the victims of the New Zealand massacre at a vigil at New York University that Muslims were holding. And she wanted to show her support for them because it was Muslims that were slaughtered, and intentionally so, in New Zealand. You might think she would have been welcomed with open arms, would you not? She was not. The sound quality of the exchange she had with a Muslim student is not sufficient for me to play it on the radio. It just isn't. It's kind of off mic. But it's amazing. She is condemned. She is, she is put down by this Muslim and others around her who are supporting her. And Chelsea Clinton is held responsible 
for the massacre in part because of, quote, all the Islamophobia that you have stoked. It's incredible. Well, Chelsea's very meek and says, I'm so sorry you feel this way. I would have gotten right back at her face, but I guess that's not her. Uh, But at any rate, the issue was this. They were mad at Chelsea because when the Muslim congresswoman, Ilan Omar, said all of those things and tweeted all those things that were anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, Chelsea got on Twitter, you know, and put her down and condemned anti-Semitism. And now they went after her at this event, and she was just there to support those grieving Muslims in the wake of the slaughter of the Muslims at the two mosques in New Zealand. The ugly politics here. Donald Trump Jr. came to the aid of Chelsea saying we should all be condemning anti-Semitism and all forms of hate. Chelsea should be praised for speaking up. Anyone who doesn't understand that is just part of the problem and that it is sickening to see people blame Chelsea for the New Zealand attacks because she spoke out against anti-Semitism. And so it is Donald Trump Jr. Um, What do we have on the text line before we check the phones here, Um, Yaffe and Melissa? Yeah, one person says Trump can do the speech over and over and over and over, and the left will still find a way to manipulate what he says. Look, for example, Make America Great Again. The media has used that and compared it to KKK and all kinds of other stuff. So it won't matter what they're texting. All right, let's go to the phones. Jay in Maitland. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, Donald Trump should defer uh, to uh, spokespeople. And if I was him, I would specifically pull in some favors and bring some uh, leaders of color from the community who have been outspoken in his uh, attempts to get jobs going and uh, his reaching out to those uh, African, especially the African-American community. Let them make the case. Let's divide the uh, left and show that this is not some type of monolithic uh, thing of color that uh, people that have interacted with him uh, find that he is indeed a, a leader for everyone. Now, let me ask you, should he make that speech Yaffe and I were talking about and Chris Wallace was suggesting too? Yes or no? I just, I just, no. I think it should be deferred to someone else unless he wants to stand in the background and thank him. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, got another call, Alan. Go ahead. Ralph in St. Cloud. Good morning, Ralph. Hey, good morning. I think that whatever Mr. Trump says will be useless. Nobody says anything about thousands of Christians killed in Africa, black on white, on black crime, and these people don't ever mention it. That's all I have to say. Have a nice day. Thanks, Ralph. Well, and you know the point I made, Alan, while you were preparing the 630 newscast, which is coming right up here, is that, you know, we have the human condition of hate existing in every faction of humanity all over the globe, okay? It isn't just, you know, it isn't just white nationalists as just despicable as that is white supremacy. You've, you've, you've got, you know, Christians who are, who are being hated simply because of their faith and being slaughtered, you know, and it doesn't seem to get much attention, relatively speaking. And you've got the example you just cited of Chelsea Clinton being blamed for making a, a statement about uh, anti-Semitism and, uh, you know, getting uh, uh, blamed in this uh, New Zealand attack, just as uh, President Trump is getting some flack for it as well. The ugly politics in the wake of the New Zealand massacre. News at the bottom of the hour. Alan, what do you have? We're getting info from the Ethiopian black boxes and three Florida schools headed for the big dance. 
Those stories and others along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 629. Good morning, Orlando. So glad you're with us. And if you're just checking in here at the bottom of hour number one, my co-host Alan Spector is about to get you up to date. Take it away. But investigators will be able to get useful information from a crashed Boeing airliner's flight recorders. Fox's Aisha Hasni reports that that is according to Ethiopia's transport minister. The black boxes from an Ethiopian Airlines flight that crashed last week are in good shape. He says enough data has been recovered for a preliminary report to be released in just 30 days and shows, quote, clear similarities with the crash of the same type of plane in Indonesia last October. That crash last week killed all 157 people on board. Both downed planes were Boeing 737 MAX 8 jetliners, which are currently grounded worldwide. Alan, what we're also hearing is they've, you know, preliminary uh, examination here. They're getting some, some consistency in the flight patterns pre-crash of what happened in Indonesia in October and what just happened in Africa. So, uh, you know, that was everybody's worst fear, that there might be really something going on that was not just unique to one plane. Right. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Three people were found shot early yesterday morning in East Orlando. The Orange County Sheriff's Office says the victims were two men, ages 34 and 42, and a 27-year-old woman who were transported to ORMC with potentially life-threatening injuries. Deputies responding to the shooting found them at an address on South Alafaya Trail, no other details were immediately available. In Tallahassee, conservatives in the Florida legislature believe higher education is turning students into liberals, and they want to spend your tax money to try to prove it. A higher ed bill sponsored by Representative Ray Rodriguez would force the Board of Governors of the State University System to conduct a yearly survey of students and faculty on academic freedom and diversity of viewpoints. The question is this, do our faculty feel free in the classroom to teach, or do they feel like they're being pressured to teach in one way or another. But Marshall Ogletree with United Faculty of Florida says they know where this is headed. This process opens opportunity for political manipulation and will have a chilling effect on intellectual and academic freedom in the classroom. Ogletree says politicians will use that survey to turn faculty into punching bags. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The Seminoles, Gators, and Knights are all going dancing. Florida State earned the four seed in the West region of the NCAA tournament and will face 13th seeded Vermont on Thursday in Hartford, Connecticut. Florida is the 10th seed in the West and takes on 7th seeded Nevada on Thursday in Des Moines, Iowa. 9th seeded UCF squares off with 8th seeded VCU on Friday in Columbia, South Carolina. Nikola Vucevic put up a big double-double as the Magic soared past the Hawks 101-91 in Orlando. He finished with 27 points and 20 rebounds for the Magic, which won every quarter except the third. And Vuce said he had a lot of help from his teammates. A lot of pinker rolls. They were hitting me on uh, some cuts. A couple times the guards were driving big with you know, help from them, and I'd be wide open. So but it wasn't really like I was you know, like playing one-on-one or anything and just scoring. Mm-hmm. It was just playing off my teammates. The Magic are one game behind Miami for the eighth and final playoff seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. WFLA News Time is 6.36. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Heather, uh, while we're talking about a little bit of rain coming our way, historic flooding in Nebraska, our headline at this moment. 
They have broken dozens of records there in Nebraska. The state emergency management agency says more rivers are going to break cresting records in the next couple of days. The Missouri River expected to crest at 47 and a half feet tomorrow, breaking its 2011 record by more than a foot. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. Our promise all morning on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. On Friday's show, I was talking about what is the big attraction by the media and the liberals and the Democrat Party toward Beto O'Rourke, whose claim to fame is three terms as a do nothing congressman from El Paso, Texas. And his greatest claim to fame is losing the Texas senatorial race, even though he did come close to Republican Ted Cruz. That burnishes his credentials to all of a sudden be the hottest thing the Democrats have to take down Trump in 2020. I don't think it's working out that way. And I think that the the bloom is off the rose with Beto. And Beto mania is, I think, flaming out. It's amazing. I made the case on Friday's show that, you know, even though there are a lot of young Democrats out there who weren't around when the Kennedys were around, every Democrat knows the legend of Camelot and the charisma of JFK and then his brother, Robert Kennedy, RFK. You know, and I think that I think that Beto, just by physical appearance, reminds them particularly of Robert Kennedy with the toothy grin, the big smile, the shock of hair, the the sleeves rolled up, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what's going on, but I got to tell you right now, this guy is going to be dead meat politically before you know it, if he isn't already now. It's been a fiasco. He's gone from Iowa to Wisconsin. He was on the Vanity Fair cover, uh, you know, the liberal darling. And, you know, on the cover, it even said that he was just born to be in it, the 2020 presidential race. He was confronted with that over the weekend, and he said, are you kidding me? This is in Wisconsin. Man, I hope I didn't say that. I don't know that anyone is born for an office or a position. What? I mean, you know, and he bails out on everything. He takes a little bit of heat for a joke about his wife, where he, where he said that his wife Amy raised her three kids sometimes with my help. What he really meant was legitimate. He's been on the campaign trail a lot. He can't be in two places at once. So for this period in their lives, she takes over a more dominant role in the family. Well, he's been getting hammered by the liberals who make you walk on eggshells and be politically correct at all times. And he all of a sudden is apologizing for having said that. This guy is a wimp, Yaffe. He's a wimp. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him after that whole controversy over the joke. He should have just stuck by it. It was just a joke. <laughs> Come well, on. And, and it's a political reality right now. Yeah. And, and a lot of candidates, be they male or female, <laughs> they rely on their spouse to, you know, shoulder the load at home when they're out on the campaign trail trying to realize the dream, you know? I got to tell you, um, you proved, uh, and people that I know proved it wrong, uh, proved you right, (laughs) I should say. On Friday, how you said, you know, they just, it's charisma or something going on there. I have a friend in Tennessee who met Beto and immediately he's like, oh, he's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's like a Kennedy come back to life. Yeah, he's not. I, I can give him two words. I can sum the guy up. Eloquently vague. Well, I'll tell you what. There's It gets worse. News came down over the weekend that Reuters, Reuters, the respected news organization worldwide, sat on a bombshell story about Beto until after the Senate election was over, hoping to push him across the finish line. 
And the story speaks to the dark side of a young Beto O'Rourke. Well, but man, you can't blame a guy for what he might have done 20 years ago. Now, come on, that's not fair. Oh, really? One word, Kavanaugh. The rest of that story coming up here in a moment. And that DUI on his record. There's that too. Betomania taking a hit. A check of local headlines for you right now. A father and an adult son are dead after a fire in Seminole County. The fire started early yesterday morning in Longwood at a home on Nicole Lane. A woman identified as the wife and the mother of the victims was inside the home and was able to escape. There was no word yet on a cause and the victims have not yet been publicly identified. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. On Beto Mania taking a hit one after another, Beto O'Rourke, I think very shortly, will no longer be a factor in the Democratic sweepstakes for um, the 2020 nomination. I really do. And you talk about you talk about liberal media bias. Here it is. When would a Republican ever get a break like, for, like what you're about to hear? Here that Reuters gave to Beto O'Rourke. They sat on a story for the better part of two years, and the condition was Beto O'Rourke would talk to a reporter about what the reporter had come to know about his past only if the reporter would agree not to publish it until after the election in his failed attempt to unseat Republican Senator Ted Cruz of, um, of Texas. It's an amazing thing. It's an unbelievable, you know, breach of, of journalistic ethics and standards. And this, the, the, this reporter should be fired. And maybe the people who green-lighted this arrangement should be fired within Reuters, for crying out loud. Um, but at any rate, the reporter documents in a story that is now out, O'Rourke's involvement as a young man, he's 46 now, in a hacker group called Cult of the Dead Cow, that included multiple past writings from O'Rourke, some of which are pretty disturbing. One particular piece of writing from a young O'Rourke, um, he describes mowing down children in a car, writing, One day I was driving home from work. I noticed two children crossing the street. They were happy, happy to be free of their troubles. Their happiness was mine by right. I had earned it in my dreams. He writes, As I neared the young ones, I put all my weight on my right foot, keeping the accelerator pedal on the floor until I heard the crashing of the two children on the hood and then the sharp cry of pain from one of the two. I was so fascinated for a moment that after after I had stopped my vehicle, I just sat in a daze, sweet visions filling my head. How sick and twisted is that? Well, he's only 15. Yeah, right. Kavanaugh, beer parties, whatever else, that was all fair game. O'Rourke's old writings under the alias Psychedelic Warlord, including one that criticized some women as sluts, mocked them for having violent boyfriends, suggested a way to deal with these women was to call them completely ugly or to inform Nazi skinheads in your area that they had AIDS. And then... From his past, also a DUI with police claiming he tried to flee the scene. Um, Betomania, suddenly, not quite what it was, gang. Hey, it was fun while it lasted. 
It's apparently it was. That was a cool five minutes. <laughs> I was about to say, all two days. You know, every time he speaks, I look at the wife wondering if she's going to do the save me blink, you know, with the eyes. Help me two times. Help, help me. me. Help, help me. Get me off the hook with this guy. I, 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 I have to be honest. I never understood the obsession with the guy. I just never, nothing he ever did or said was like, wow, this is the next president. I uh, There was just something I was missing. I don't know. It's the Kennedy-esque energy. I guess. You know, and, and look. I have to say, Bud, you mentioned that uh, the other day. I know where you're going with this. Uh, That's a long time ago, right? Well, no, what I was going to say was I grew up, and as a very young man, I was a big Bobby Kennedy guy. A lot of people were. And until you mentioned it, it never occurred to me to make a connection between Beto O'Rourke and Bobby Kennedy. He looks like the reincarnation to me, and I still Uh, think it's Camelot for Democrats, young and old, and anybody that just harkens back to that idyllic age, you know, of politics. There's there's a vague resemblance between uh, Beto O'Rourke and Bobby Kennedy, but beyond that, forget it. Well, and Bobby Kennedy's (laughs) arms were not being controlled by a marionette operator. No. You know, like Beto, you know, just kind of flopping around like that. Anyway, what's coming on the text line? Any any (laughs) wisdom from the most astute political audience and talk radio? Well, somebody wants to give some wisdom from the left side of the text line, asking, uh, saying this, what about his policies? Are you even going to mention anything about his policies? I went to his website the end of last week when Betomania was raging, and all I could do was figure out how to order a hat or a shirt. He has no policies. When, you he, know, nothing. And, and he, he's very, very wishy-washy on, you know, do I want he, Medicare for all? Do I not? Am I uh, a capitalist? Yeah, sort of, but I'm I'm all Green New Deal, which is socialist. I mean, He's I think, not, though. He's, like I said, eloquently vague, which is sort of like what I am. Even a lot of the mainstream media is pointing that out about Beto. Even they're like, you know, there's not a lot of substance yet. So Yeah. Yeah. Full of sound and fury signifying nothing, you know. To quote Shakespeare. <laughs> right. Just to try to impress my friends here. Well, that obviously didn't work. Well <laughs> I, I you know, as, as part of the Green New Deal, if he waves his arms enough, the wind power alone yes, yes, should yes. keep us going for <laughs> centuries. <laughs> And if he just keeps on talking, you know, he'll blow himself out, too, along the way. I think it may already have happened. Those liberals who were just dying for this guy are going to have to start looking quickly for the latest new shiny left-wing thing. It's what, a shame there aren't any other Democratic presidential candidates to choose from. No, there's just nobody out there. <laughs> nobody out there. Nope. <laughs> Alan, what's coming up on the news? New Zealand is reviewing gun laws after the deadly mosque shooting. And Florida gas prices are on the rise. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes. It is 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando. And W226BT, Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a Monday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning New Zealand reviews gun laws after the deadly mosque attacks. More in one minute. Jeb wants a Republican to run against Trump. We're talking about it with you next on Good Morning Orlando. 
Following last week's deadly mosque shooting, New Zealand is set to review gun laws. Prime Minister Ardern saying she will announce new gun laws in the coming days. What we're looking here is for a effective gun law that will make a difference. She says her cabinet has already given approval and that the time to act is now. And I think what the public rightly are asking is why is it that you should and are currently able to buy military-style semi-automatic weapons in New Zealand. Ardern saying Friday's shooter had a gun license and owned five guns. Simon Owen, Fox News. Here at home, acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney is taking on those who would suggest President Trump's rhetoric on immigration influenced the New Zealand shooting. That's just absurd to say that there's some type of connection being against illegal immigration and the, <laughs> the ruthless live streaming of murder of 15 people. The, the two things have nothing to do with each other. Mick Mulvaney made those comments on Fox News Sunday, adding President Trump is not a white supremacist. Yeah, we got into that in our first hour here on Good Morning Orlando today, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. AAA reports that Florida gas prices increased an average of 15 cents a gallon in the last week. That's the second largest weekly increase among any state in the country behind only Kentucky. As of today, Sunshine State drivers are paying an average price of 2.61 for a gallon of regular. Now, AAA says those pump prices rose because of increased demand, a decline in supplies, seasonal refinery maintenance, and a switch to summer blend gasoline, which is more expensive to produce. The current average price in the Orlando area, according to AAA, is two fifty-eight a gallon. That's about the average of what I'm seeing around there. And aren't they saying by Memorial Day we're looking at two seventy-five? Didn't you have that in an earlier report? They've been saying that for uh, really the better part of this year, that uh, by Memorial Day prices uh, will be up around that level, and they're headed in that direction. In Lakeland, another big building is going up on the campus of Florida Polytechnic University. The Applied Research Center at Florida Polytechnic will cover 85,000 square feet and house research labs, design spaces, and conference rooms. The University Board of Trustees got a look at the plans last week. Like the Innovation Science and Technology Building, the one that looks like a clamshell or an orange juicer, it'll be visible from Interstate 4. Construction starts in August. It should take two years to complete. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Every architect's dream, a building that looks like what? A clamshell? Or an orange juicer. Lovely. I, I always thought spaceship when I saw that thing going up. I, it was such a mystery as to what that was. It turns out to be a state university. A man is hurt after a deputy involved shooting in Lake County. That happened yesterday afternoon in Claremont on Macon Street, where a deputy was responding to a domestic violence call. No other details have been released, but deputies say the suspect was armed. He was taken to the hospital. No word on his condition. Rory McIlroy held on to win the Players' Championship at Ponte Vedra Beach by a single stroke. McIlroy telling the Golf Channel he just tried to keep it together. I just stayed as patient as I possibly could, and um, any time I looked at the leaderboard, I was pleasantly surprised that I hadn't fallen you know, two, three shots behind. So you know, that gave me a little bit of encouragement to keep going and um, you know, played a great back nine. McElroy fired a final round at two under 70 to finish at 16 under, one shot better than Jim Furyk. What a tournament that was. WFLA News time is 7.07. Find out uh, more about these stories and others online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. And the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. 
You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And we greet you from the 50,000-watt front porch on a post-St. Patty's Day edition of Good Morning Orlando. But heading around, Inspector Michael Yaffe and Melissa Fox here. And um, we're going to get into politics, not for the Democrat side. I'm done with Betomania. All of my notes went in the round file, and I don't expect I'll be I'll be having to, to do much more with Beto. I think he's pretty much pushed all these self-destruct buttons, but we'll have to see. On the Republican side, intriguing comments from Jeb Bush. Remember low-energy Jeb, who was the Republican favorite in 2016 until he encountered Trump on the campaign trail, who just blew him and everybody else away. Jeb is making rumblings that somebody, maybe him, maybe not, in the Republican Party ought to suck it up and primary Trump run against him to try to deny him the nomination for a second term. You'll hear what Jeb has to say, and then I want to hear from you. Will a Republican run against Trump? Should a Republican run against Trump? Is there a Republican who could take him down? And if so, who? 407-916-5400. Toll-free is 866-916-5400. Love your take on this. Text line always open, never busy, 23680, but there, standard message and data rates apply. We'll talk about that and bring you an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 709. Updating local headlines for you right now. Three people were found shot early yesterday morning in East Orlando. The Orange County Sheriff's Office saying the victims were two men, ages 34 and 42, and a 27-year-old woman who were transported to ORMC with potentially life-threatening injuries. Deputies responding to a shooting found them at an address on South Alafaya Trail. No other details yet available. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. Politics always one of my favorite parlor games here, and so I hope you'll play along with me right now as we listen together with Jeb Bush on CNN over the weekend with Obama's old campaign advisor David Axelrod interviewing him, asking Jeb whether another Republican ought to challenge Trump for the 20. 20- 20 nomination. I think someone should run uh, just because it, Republicans ought to be given a choice, but I think you're probably right based on the premise you had that he has a strong, loyal base and it'd be hard to beat him. It's hard to beat a sitting president, but to have a conversation about what it is to be a conservative, I think it's important. Well, that's Jeb Bush. Now, it's interesting. He didn't even go near the issue about it. You know, I'd like to take another crack at this here. You know, I still think I'm the best guy for the job. I want another shot at, uh, at Trump. I think he's scared to death of Trump, and I think most of the rest of them are scared to death of him too, although they'd all like to replace him in the White House from little Marco to Lion Ted to low-energy Jeb and on and on and on. Most of the time when you have a first-term president who is running for a second term, whatever party that president is of will totally circle the wagons for that president, and there will be little or no opposition. But Trump has his share of haters in the Republican Party. No question about it. 
But I don't know anybody out there who could stay with him on the campaign trail, who could take the heat they would get from him, who could debate him effectively, and who could take down Donald Trump in the, nom- in the nomination process unless things change dramatically. Total economic collapse, God forbid. I don't see it coming. That could change the landscape completely. Might be that he becomes scandal-ridden off the Mueller report, although it looks like he's got a big nothing when it comes to Trump and collusion, etc. Who knows? But absent some cataclysmic event like that, I think he's pretty much um, politically bulletproof. There are those who would like to take him down, Yaffe, and it's, uh, it's interesting. I, th- I am one of those who thinks that Mitt Romney got back in the game, ran for, and won a Senate seat out of Utah so we could potentially use it as a launching pad for another shot at the White House after he dropped the ball and lost to Obama in 2012. Then there are lesser names like the maverick former Republican governor of Massachusetts, William Weld, who hates Trump for his quote-unquote malignant narcissism, as he calls it, and has formed a committee to explore running. This guy has never drawn flies politically on the national stage in terms of support. I don't see him being a factor. The governor of Maryland, uh, Hogan, is talking about maybe making a run. I don't see either one of those guys with the chops and the support and the charisma to get the job done. I think Trump runs basically unopposed unless there is a major event. Huge scandal that he can't escape, economic collapse that would hurt any candidate looking for a second term. You know, when you look at all the polls, Trump has a real strong support within the Republican Party. He's very popular with Republicans. 90%. Yeah, I mean... Anyone, I, I can't think of any Republican that would be effective in running against him. I would be surprised, frankly, if Mitt Romney did it because he's got to know he would lose. Unless, like you said, something catastrophic happens to Trump. So what about it? I frankly don't have a problem with anybody coming out of the woodwork, but I don't think there's anybody out there who actually feels they could take Trump down. The guy is unbelievable in a debate forum, tough as nails as an opponent, and I think they're all scared of him. From Jeb to Marco to Ted, yeah, probably to Mitt and everybody else. So what about it? How would you feel about a primary challenge to Trump? And is there anybody out there who you think could deny him the nomination? You are the most politically astute audience in talk radio, so there's got to be somebody out there with some insight on this. We'd love to hear from you. 407-916-5400. We'll put you on the 50,000-watt front porch. Text us at 23680 with standard message and data rates apply. Updating local headlines right now. If you're just joining us, a father and an adult son are dead after a fire in Seminole County that started early yesterday morning in Longwood at a home on Nicole Lane. A woman identified as the wife and the mother of the victims was inside the home and was able to escape. No word yet on a cause. The victims have not been publicly identified. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. Count on it all morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Trump's more controversial than any sitting president I can recall. He has his share of opponents and outright haters, not only in the Democrat Party, of course, where they... 
you know, they are legion, but also in his own party, the Republican Party, because he's obviously a different kind of president. Um, he was elected to be a different kind of president, to be a disruptor, to shake things up. He's done it. The establishment and a lot of potential opponents are establishment Republicans. You know, I mean, they don't like him. But I don't think any of them have the guts or the prospects of actually beating him in the primary to get in the arena against Trump. Melissa, how do you see it? I think that there's somebody out there, but I'm not sure if it's well, going to be Well, there is. It's William Weld or it's yeah. uh, Hogan up in Maryland, but uh, these guys are nothing on the national stage. True. Now, yeah. once upon a time, Trump was as well politically, but everybody already knew him, you know, from uh, from his business activities and from his apprentice show and everything else. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was looking at Nikki Harris. From, Nikki Haley? I mean, Haley, I'm sorry, yes, out of uh, Haley. Former Haley, U.N. South. ambassador, former governor of South Carolina. Right, right. Um, she could be posturing. She pulled herself away from the U.S. ambassadorship uh, at the end of last year, and now she's not really doing anything. What so is she I'm, doing? Is she on the beach? What's she doing? I have never hear from her. I think she's quietly, covertly planning to run in 2020. Is she on the beach? Not in 2020, <laughs> or do you think she's downstream further really, than that? Really, 2024 would probably make more sense, you know, ride this one and... <laughs> well, of course, then, then it wouldn't be in opposition to Trump, of course, because no, he, he would be gone. But but I can throw that one out there. As you said, what Republicans could possibly uh, be on the ticket? That's my my guess. She's a, very popular. Mm-hmm. She really is. Yeah, I really like her. I've always liked her. Um, that's an interesting thought, but I don't see it as a 2020. We'd, she'd be making rumblings already, I would think, if she were going to get in the game here. Alan, we're talking about whether or not most most sitting presidents, you know, glide to a to a reelection nomination. Uh, but President Trump has so many haters in his own party because he's such a different kind of Republican. Um, we're talking about whether anybody's going to get in the race. Jeb wants somebody to, but he was very meek, and uh, he almost seemed beaten down when I saw the interview with him over the weekend. Did he I, look low energy? Yes, he <laughs> did. And it was just he just he's, he just seemed like he's never quite recovered. At one point, he even joked about just getting out of therapy from from you know, what happened to him at the hands of Trump. But is there anybody out there in the Republican Party who's likely to make a run at Trump for the nomination? And is there anybody who could take him down is the question. Well, it, it has to be someone who doesn't mind having a terrible nickname, like Little Marco or Low Energy Jeb or Lion Ted or Crooked Hillary. Yeah. Uh, you know, there you go, Lion Ted. you got to have a thick skin to get in there to begin with, it with will be a especially bare, with Donald Trump. You will have to, it will be a bare-knuckle fight. And, you know, I'm, I'm always in favor of competition, uh, but I just don't see anyone uh, making uh, any kind of uh, challenge, a uh, realistic challenge to, to the president. I don't either. We as far a, as getting nominated. Yeah, we, we, we talked uh, about that, but uh, we opened up the text line. And what's coming in on that score, gang? Yeah, one person says there is no stronger candidate than Trump. And if Republicans try and put someone else in there, in there Republicans are going to lose. Also says the Bushes need to let their legacy go and move on. Anybody yes. else? Or are oh. we done here? <laughs> I'm just interested. Why not Jeb? Because he's not a Republican. <laughs> we don't need what, another he's a Bush. Rhino? He's a rhino. <laughs> we don't need another Bush. There you go. That's yeah, one swamp. person said Jeb is part of the swamp, and so is his brother from another mother, Marco. No thanks. One person just said, not a chance. That was it. Not a chance. As I, as I said, all bets are off if, God forbid, we were to have a major economic collapse or some huge scandal uh, that nailed the president. Uh, short of that, 
he glides to a renomination, and, and these these people are not going to be a factor, whether it's Weld, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Romney, or whomever. That's how we see it. Good morning, Orlando. Good Monday morning to you. For those of you just joining us right now, my co-host Alan Spector is going to get us up to date on the news. And those Boeing 737 MAX 8s are back in the news this morning. What do you have, Alan? But Boeing is putting the final touches on upgraded software and revised pilot training for the 737 MAX. The upgrade is meant to target the aircraft's flight control system. This comes after investigators determined a deadly crash involving a 737 MAX 8 in Ethiopia this month had clear similarities to a deadly crash involving the same type of plane in Indonesia last October. Airlines and governments around the world, of course, have grounded the 737 MAX as a precaution. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A domestic dispute is believed to have played a role in a deadly crash in Osceola County. St. Cloud police say Andrick Barksdale rammed a car his girlfriend was in Friday night on Canoe Creek Road, which led to a chain reaction crash that killed a woman driving another car. The 34-year-old Barksdale is facing charges that include battery and vehicular manslaughter, but more charges are possible. Republican leaders in the Florida House are pushing a bill requiring state universities to conduct annual surveys on academic freedom and diversity of viewpoint. Representative Cord Byrd of Neptune Beach says conservative voices are being muffled by liberal professors, and he thinks the survey will prove it. There is a concern that there is more indoctrination than education taking place. But Marshall Ogletree with United Faculty of Florida says the survey sounds more like a witch hunt. In my opinion, this provision makes university faculty a political punching bag. Ogletree's concerned state lawmakers will use the survey to punish professors who don't share their political beliefs. Three Florida schools are about to experience March Madness. The Knights, the Gators, and the Seminoles all going to the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Ninth-seeded UCF meets eighth-seeded VCU on Friday in Columbia, South Carolina. One day earlier on Thursday, number 4-seed Florida State takes on 13th-seeded Vermont in Hartford, Connecticut, and 10th-seeded Florida faces 7th-seeded Nevada in Des Moines, Iowa. This is exciting. Very. This is going to be great. And it was a big night for Nikola Vucevic as the Magic took down the Atlanta Hawks 101-91 at the Amway Center. But Coach Steve Clifford was especially impressed with Orlando's defense. I thought we had good intensity. Uh, and uh, even though it was two days in a row for them, if you look at the offensive numbers they've been putting up, I mean, I think our defense was very good. I should mention that Vooch had 27 points and 20 rebounds. Nice. Big double-double. Uh, the Magic now a game behind Miami for the eighth and final playoff spot in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Elsewhere, the French Chateau-style mansion owned by the man who created the recording industry's wall of sound is up for sale. Phil Spector, no relation. No? Owned the uh, so-called Pyrenees Castle in Alhambra, California, which is now on the market for $5.5 million dollars. The walled and gated mansion is where actress Lana Clarkson was found shot to death in 2003. Spectre was convicted of second-degree murder. The 79-year-old music producer known for his work with the Ronettes and the Crystals is currently serving a sentence of 19 years to life. Could you live in a house, if you had the money, where someone had been murdered? Oh, yeah. I don't think I could do it. The Wallace Sound House? I'm in if they gave it to me because I can't afford it. Yeah, how nice is this house? And do I get to live there for free? See, I, I, I couldn't, I, 
I couldn't live in any house, I don't think, if somebody had been murdered. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think I would feel like... Oh, as I'd long as the, they clean it out of the, the tile. Or whatever. Or, no, no, no. Just, I'm not talking about that. Clean it up fine, but just... I don't know why. It Bring plenty of bleach with you. <laughs> the, okay. The creator of Jelly Belly is launching a new line of jelly beans infused with cannabis-derived CBD. The candy will come in 38 flavors, and each bean will contain 10 milligrams of CBD. Now, CBD is devi- uh, derived from cannabis, but does not have any of the psychoactive elements of marijuana. David Klein created Jelly Belly Jelly Beans in 1976, but sold the company in 1980. He has continued to make candy since then, and now his company, Spectrum Confections, has decided to get into the marijuana edible business. He says he decided to create the new treat after learning about the purported benefits of CBD. All right, I don't know if anybody here wants to admit to knowing the answer to this question, um, but if you don't get a high from it because it doesn't have that part of marijuana in it, What's the deal with the marijuana-laced jelly bellies? What, what do you get from it? Well, the CBD has supposed health benefits. Yes, it doesn't have the THC, which is what causes the, the high or the euphoria. It's merely a health, it, it's like aspirin. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Just aspirin, just another way of uh, taking your dose, if you will. I knew somebody would have some knowledge in that yeah, area. Yeah, it's always me. Go to me. I'm the go-to <laughs> marijuana person. Thanks. Yeah, I looked right at Melissa when I, I started to say, there are health benefits, right? <laughs> Please inform us, Miss Fox. I'm yes. sure that you are the authority yeah, on me, medical marijuana. She thinks she knows a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a yeah. California woman who modeled her home after the Flintstones house is being sued by her town. Florence Fang adorns her lawn with statues of dinosaurs, mushrooms, and even the cartoon character Fred Flintstone himself, but her neighbors say they're a public nuisance, and the lawsuit alleges they were ordered to be removed in December. The home was originally constructed in 1976 and is a popular tourist destination along Interstate 280 in California. I'll be darned. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> Yabba dabba don't in this case. There you go. Thanks, Alan. Shaq's got a new gig. He's on a new team. Making an NBA comeback? No, 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 no. He's a Florida cop. You want to know where? You want to know what he's going to do? We'll tell you here in just a moment, right after we update for you Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on the Monday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, um, by comparison, we're not going to have a problem with the rain we have coming our way to what's going up in Nebraska where they have horrible flooding that has broken dozens of records. They had a lot of snow and then they got a lot of rain that melted the snow. The State Emergency Management Agency in Nebraska says more rivers will break cresting records in the next couple of days. The Missouri River expected to crest at 47 and a half feet tomorrow. That would break its 2011 record by more than a foot. A flooding nightmare up in Cornhusker country. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the Tom Stories. You can count on it all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So let's catch up right now with the greatest player in Orlando Magic history and a true NBA pro basketball legend, Shaquille O'Neal. He obviously doesn't need the money. He could have his big size 23 feet up, whatever those sneakers were. They were just enormous. Um, you know, all seven foot one, and goodness knows how many pounds of him right now are not going to be just sitting back. He has now been hired 
as a cop in the state of Florida. He's talked about getting into law enforcement for years, even when he was a great star in, uh, in, in the NBA. He said, someday I'm going to be in law enforcement. Well, guess what? He has now been hired as an auxiliary deputy in the Broward County Sheriff's Office. The announcement came down from the new sheriff there. Remember, um, Governor DeSantis has suspended uh, the sheriff who was there for the Parkland massacre and uh, um, dropped the ball on a number of fronts. Scott Israel, he's no longer the sheriff. Greg Tony is the sheriff. And this is a tweet from the Broward Sheriff's Office about hiring Shaq. Basketball legend Shaq goes by many nicknames and now add to that list Deputy Shaq. The big man now works as an auxiliary deputy with the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff Greg Tony sat down with Shaq and the two men talked about the different ways law enforcement works to keep communities safe. I think that's pretty cool. I think he's serious about this. I don't think this has ever been a joke for Shaq. I think he brings a lot to the table, and 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 he he will command the attention and the respect of people, and this is frankly hard to do across all demographics and across all racial components. He really will. I mean, I if, think he's universally respected and admired. I mean, if I was pulled over by Shaq, I would I would listen to him. I would, you know, and I think I think Shaq <laughs> could really save on manpower in the Broward County Sheriff's Department because he's big enough to provide his own backup. Oh, boy. yes, yes, you know, there's that. <laughs> this isn't his first law enforcement rodeo, though. He was a reserve cop in Miami Beach and Golden Beach, and a deputy in Clay County back in uh, in Georgia, 2016. He's a U.S. Marshal in California. The guy's got his cred. So he's really dabbled in this more than I knew, Melissa. That's interesting. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice to have him down in Broward County. You know, there's been all of that controversy in the wake of the massacre, et cetera, and law enforcement, you know, taken to task. One of the cops down there who didn't seem to have the guts to go on in and confront the shooter. You know the story. You know how the governor has um, has taken the, uh, the, um, the sheriff, uh, Israel, out of circulation down there, who is now suing DeSantis to try to get his job back, um, Scott Israel. Very interesting what's going on with Shaq. What do you think, Yaffe? Yeah, I think it's good for him. I mean, they'll have to make a special uniform for him, a special belt because he's so large, special shoes. Right. You know, all that's coming. Yeah, you know, we can joke about his size, but I know it's no joke to Shaq. As you mentioned, Bud, this is something uh, that he's talked about for years and years, yeah. and he's very sincere about it. Yeah, we wish him well. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. interesting. I was reading all the comments in the article. You normally... Normally, it's like reading our, our text line here, you know. I mean, you just get all kinds of people to find a way to, uh, to be negative about no matter what is out there. I didn't read a single negative comment about the Broward County Sheriff's Office hiring Shaq as an auxiliary deputy. I think, I think he's, cool. he's very well liked. Is. I mean, there's still some people in Orlando who are upset, you know, what happened all those years ago. Well, I think Dwight, I mean, Howard, when he, when Dwight Howard took care of that. We're all mad at Dwight now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he took Shaq's place. Yeah. That's very true. It's go. a very good point. Okay. All right. Well, as far as we're concerned, it's pretty clear that uh, Shaq will be a welcome member of the Broward County Sheriff's Office, so we thought we'd give you what we had on that. Headlines now, a domestic dispute is believed to have played a role in a deadly crash in Osceola County. St. Cloud police say Andrick Barksdale rammed a car his girlfriend was in on Friday night on Canoe Creek Road, which led to a chain reaction crash that killed a woman driving another car. The 34-year-old Barksdale facing charges that include battery and vehicular manslaughter 
More charges possible. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe. Good morning, Orlando. Coming up on 757. The Bud Man here alongside me, my co-host Alan Spector, who will bring us the news update, a little preview on that coming here uh, in a moment. And uh, Yaffe in the control room is our executive producer, and uh, Melissa Fox will be screening your Open Mind Monday phone calls. Now, we've talked about a lot of things in the course of the morning here. You may not have had an opportunity to weigh in when we were talking about them on the 50,000-watt front porch. But the New Zealand massacre has triggered some ugly politics here in the U.S. and the left trying uh, once again to hang the whole thing on Trump in many cases here, saying it is his rhetoric, um, that he's a white uh, supremacist, and uh, and this sets up the scene for this kind of thing to go on even halfway around the world. Outrageous as far as I'm concerned. Um, Jeb Bush wants to see a Republican primary Trump. We talked about whether or not that should happen, could happen, and whether and who might be a person who could cause problems for Trump in the primary. Um, so there's lots of things going on out there. There's also lots of ways to listen to the show here that you may never have considered. Bud, let me count the ways. One, you got AM 540, the 50,000-watt front porch. Two, you've got 93.1 FM news radio. Three, you got the iHeartRadio app, available worldwide, pretty much. And you got your smart speakers. You can tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio, or you can tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA, and there will be right in your very own home. There you are. And we actually have one more. You can also listen to us on HD Radio 107.7 HD3. So no excuse not to listen, basically. I, I, the, we, the rest of us forget that because uh, Mike is the only one here mm. who has an HD radio in his car. Yeah, he's a high shows. roller now because he's got his own show in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. PM yeah. Orlando from <laughs> 5 know. until 6. Tell mm-hmm. us about it, Yaffe, for really the ride home. Ch- really changed the definition of high roller. Yes, yeah. it's PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. We cover breaking news, national, local, and, of course, my commentary on it all. Please join me. It's a lot of fun. All just, right. just before he jumps in his Escalade to head home. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Are you kidding? Uh, yeah. He's got a driver in a limo out there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I said he just jumps. it to the HD, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's Open Mind Monday. I want to hear from first-timers right now. I'm not going to argue with you. All we want to do is hear what's on your mind. You can get something out there you think we ought to know about. doesn't have to be politics. Something going on, something that's just really bothering you that never gets talked about on our show. 407-916-5400. It's a unique opportunity. Get in early. Toll free, 866-916-5400. Text line open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Coming up on the news, Alan, a little preview, if you will. We'll be talking about the aftermath of the New Zealand mosque attacks and a big jump in Florida gas prices. Those stories and others and traffic and weather together. Just two minutes away. It's 759 on Good Morning Orlando. (laughs) 
WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Monday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic again on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the aftermath of the New Zealand mosque attacks. Details in one minute. And what's on your mind? Sound off on Open Mind Monday, the entire third hour. Coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. New Zealand will make changes to its gun laws after last Friday's deadly mosque shootings that left at least 50 people dead. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced the cabinet has reached an in-principle decision about reforms. When Australia found itself tragically in a similar position to what we find ourselves now, they took 12 days to make their decision. We have taken 72 hours. There is, though, still some detail that needs to be worked through. I want to do that, but still move as quickly as we can. Meanwhile, police in New Zealand say they are certain there was only one gunman behind Friday's deadly attacks. I want to definitely state that we believe that there was only one attacker responsible for this horrendous event. However, Police Commissioner Mike Bush says it's possible that more people offered support to the alleged shooter, a 28-year-old Australian national. The victims of the attacks on two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, were remembered in Orlando over the weekend. A multi-denominational gathering on Saturday evening featured speakers including Mayor Buddy Dyer, State Attorney Aramis Ayala, and Imam Tariq Rashid. Dyer pointed out that the world showed support for Orlando following the Pulse nightclub shooting, and Orlando should support other cities that experience similar tragedies. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Gasoline just got more expensive in Florida. AAA reports that Florida gas prices increased an average of 15 cents per gallon last week, the second largest weekly increase among any other state in the country behind only Kentucky. As of today, Sunshine State drivers are paying an average price of $2.61 for a gallon of regular. AAA says pump prices rose because of increased demand, a decline in supplies, seasonal refinery maintenance, and a switch to summer blend gasoline, which is more expensive to produce. The current an average price in the Orlando area is two fifty-eight a gallon. Larry Spillman, News Radio ninety-three point one WFLA. You can go to GasBuddy.com, or you can just listen to the Gas Bud update here. I'm seeing gas from the mid two fifties to the low two sixties, and man, it has shot up like crazy. We're really taking a hit at the pump right now, Alan. Yeah, we get a lot of our information from AAA, but we're always happy to get confirmation from Gas Bud. I'm always here for you. I, pr- I appreciate that. <laughs> a father and adult son are dead after a fire in Seminole County. And that fire started early yesterday morning at a home on Nicole Lane in Longwood. A woman identified as the wife and mother of the victims was inside the home and was able to escape. There's no word on a cause. Victims' names have not been released. Rory McIlroy held off Jim Furyk in Sunday's final round to win the Players' Championship at Ponte Vedra Beach. McIlroy sank a pair of late birdies to post a 2-under-70 and finish the tournament at 16-under par. This is probably the deepest field of the year. Um, you know, there's so much on the line, and you know, I'm just thankful that you know, it, it was my turn this week. Uh, I felt like if I just stayed patient enough, 
and waited my turn, you know, things would work out for me, and I'm, I'm glad they have. McElroy uh, talking to the Golf Channel there. He finished uh, one stroke in front of Jim Furyk, who fired a 5-under 67 to finish alone in second place at 15-under. I'm not a golfer, but that was some tournament. Couldn't keep my eyes off it. It was so close, so many players in contention. And really exciting up Jacksonville way. Just a couple hours up the road. WFLA news time is 8.07. A woman uses a t-shirt cannon to launch contraband into an Oklahoma prison. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. But don't let me forget to mention Melissa Fox because on Open Mind Monday, she's a key. She'll be taking your calls at 407 916 5400, toll free 866 916 5400 on whatever is on your mind this morning. You're the host of the show for the duration of your call. Don't miss the opportunity to get something off your chest. The text line's a good place, too. Never busy, 23680, but know that there, standard message and data rates apply. So what is this? Is it one of these, like, guns that they use down at the arena to shoot a T-shirt yeah. into the upper deck Yeah, for a fan? And so, she's shooting stuff into a prison? Into for, a prison. Contraband into a prison. So, you know, a file or something? Or, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Or maybe just T-shirts. Yeah, it's just clever. They use drones, too. So, you know, anything that we just, can manipulate. Airmail it in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Give them credit for creativity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she would aim at various parts of the prison and get them to stand up and cheer. So <laughs> so she would fire in their direction, just like at the Magic Games. Wow. You know, in, on, a, on a more serious night, uh, a note here. Um, you, you mentioned that they're very close to major gun control Um and a very quick reaction to the massacre in New Zealand. I was reading last week, Alan, uh, that it's already a lot harder to get a gun in New Zealand than it is here. You've got to you've got to get green lighted by police to get a gun in um, in New Zealand. They this, don't have a constitutional Second Amendment like we do, from what I understand here. But that's a very very quick uh, reaction. We've had multiple uh, mass killings here, and um, and not a whole lot of gun control. Because I think people understand the reality is that the bad guys are always going to find a way to get the guns no matter what you do, and you don't want to disarm the law-abiding public. But it looks like they may be about ready to do that in New Zealand. And the reports are the guy who was arrested had a license for his guns. Bought those guns, all of them, legally for the massacre. So we can talk about what they may be doing in the gun control realm in uh, New Zealand. We can talk about uh, all kinds of things here Jeb Bush wants somebody to run against Trump in the Republican primary. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, and uh, Trump is, you know, being branded again as a white supremacist who is somehow responsible uh, for the atmosphere that led to the massacre in New Zealand. Incredible. Uh, does he need to make a speech to put that stuff to rest? I think probably he should. Whether he will, I don't know. Anyway. Just chumming the waters a little bit, but we want you to go off in any direction you choose with your call and your take on anything. It's Open Mind Monday at 407-916-5400. Text us at 23680. It's your show after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 810. 
Headlining another angle in the wake of the New Zealand massacre, 50 people dead in two mosques, Facebook says it is trying to control the spread of videos of the deadly mosque attacks in New Zealand. The gunman live-streamed the massacre Friday on the social media site for 17 minutes. Copies of the video soon began to spread, and Facebook has struggled since to take them down as soon as they are found. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories are promised on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. Long-running tradition here on Good Morning Orlando. The 8 o'clock hour on a Monday, we turn it over to you. It's Open Mind Monday. Callers, texters, welcome. Let's start with Peter in St. Cloud. Good morning, Peter. What is on your mind this morning? Well, I'm sitting here in my car contemplating the fact that my children and I are paying tens of thousands of dollars to have alternative historical fact and garbage shoved in their ears, and that the only thing that college professors seem to have the ability or courage to be against is traditional Western Judeo-Christian values. Everything else is either somehow better or has been trampled upon by the, the evils of the West. And it doesn't matter what the end result is. Peter, let me ask you. Let me ask you because uh, we've had a story this morning about uh, Republican leaders in the Florida House pushing a bill requiring state universities to conduct annual surveys on academic freedom and diversity of viewpoint. The idea being that liberal ideas are outpacing conservative ideas uh, when it comes to what's uh, being studied in college. How would you feel about legislation like that? Well, if, if they do a survey of college professors on academic freedom and diversity, they're certainly not going to get any conservative viewpoints. And what, what should they do, though, if they find that out? What would, what would be the point of this, this survey, do you think? No, I, I really don't know, because we, we're in a position now where academia is you know, a self, self-regenerating monster. They only hire their own. If you're at all conservative or even moderate, the likelihood of getting a position is very low. Hmm. And the positions that they hold are really counterproductive. It puts you in a difficult position, doesn't it? As a you know, as um, as a dad trying to make sure that your you know your children get the very best education they can get without indoctrination, hard to find. It's almost impossible. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you. Um, Leslie, stay on the line. You got a call about these Boeing Max Eights. Um, you know, Alan has had uh, stories on them this morning, um, and uh, and and I know there are a lot of people who are really concerned, and justifiably so, that we've got you know we've got um, more than one defective plane here, and what are they going to do about it? Um, Leslie, you will be next. Don't go away. And textures, you're welcome here. Just send your message on whatever's grinding your gears on your mind this morning. Something we've talked about or haven't talked about that you think needs the light of day. Text us at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Uh, phone lines 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400. Leslie, you'll be next on the Boeing 737, 737 MAX issue. 
Checking Central Florida headlines for you now. A domestic dispute is believed to have played a role in a deadly crash in Osceola County over the weekend. St. Cloud police say Andrick Barksdale rammed a car that his girlfriend was in on Friday night on Canoe Creek Road, which led to a chain reaction crash that killed a woman driving another car. The 34-year-old Barksdale now facing charges including battery and vehicular manslaughter, more charges possible. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes on our top stories all morning and good morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy to use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. It's good morning Orlando. Alan along with the Bud Man, Yaffe and Melissa taking your calls on Open Mind Monday at 407-916-5400. Let's go to Leslie in Titusville. Good morning Leslie. Good morning. What's on your mind? Yes, um, well, this is um, about the 737, and my husband was uh, on a return flight from Baltimore to OIA aboard Southwest, and um, so as they all got seated, the pilot said, welcome aboard the maiden flight of uh, XX, whatever that was, uh, Boeing 737 MAX, and uh, they started taxiing, and as they were taxiing, they, you know, stopped, and the pilot got on and said, well, we have to return to the terminal. I believe we're experiencing an engine problem. So they turned around and went back to the uh, terminal and sat there for at least an hour. And then uh, the pilot came on board again and said, well, it's not an engine problem. It happens to be a software glitch. Mm. So, yes, and, you know, actually you could do a glitch and go, well, we'll just take off anyways. But uh, apparently um, they sat another hour and the pilot came on board, and they knew there were workers down there. And the pilot came on board and said, well, we're going to go ahead and go with the flight. We're, we're all clear. So anyways, I'd rather be a happy wife than a rich widow. Yes. Because of knowing what I know now, <laughs> I'd sued the pants off them if something would have happened. When did this happen? Uh, this was January, uh, approximately January 20th. Oh, it's a couple of months ago, well yes, before this most recent incident. Uh, yeah, actually, well, this is the first time we, you know, hindsight, you know, we said, oh my gosh, this really did happen. Hmm. And, uh, well, of course, the flight in Indonesia happened in what, in October? That's right. So this was an incident that could have been something. Yeah, well, we're glad you're a happy wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes I wish I was a rich one, too, but that's okay. Oh, boy. Can't have it all, hey. though, right? <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. Thank you. We appreciate you. I want to bring on Dave and uh, Mount Dora. We know we have a huge problem with the uh, opioid addiction in this country. And uh, Dave, you're a former doctor. It's good to have you on the show. What's on your mind? Well, but I'm glad you took the call. Um, yeah, I think uh, we ought to take some cues from the Center for Disease Control and the DEA, which has said these opiate laws have far overreached their intent. Look, uh, more than 75% of the opiate abuse is coming from across the border from Mexico or from street dealers. And the physicians in this country have been put at a very uh, burdensome way because of all the paperwork they have to do. They're just not going to prescribe opiates, which are the best pain reliever. They've been that way for hundreds of years. They are analgesics. And ironically, uh, we have legislatures that are now saying it's okay to uh, approve marijuana and its derivatives. Marijuana is a hallucinogen, and I can't think of why any physician would want to sanction inhaling the burning smoke from a weed that emits oils that are hallucinogenic. Now, now you're the doctor. I'm not the doctor. But I can tell you that one of the reasons medical marijuana was passed, because you had a non-addictive way to give people pain relief, 
and these opioids, and I've got someone in our extended family hopelessly hooked for years on overprescribed opioids, Dave. I know it's Open Mind Monday, but I've got to interrupt you there. Right. Well, there is a problem with some physicians who overprescribe, and that's where the law went awry. They could have addressed that. Well, they have. They've cut down on the amount that can be prescribed at any given time. Well, what they say is you can prescribe for three days for acute pain, and otherwise, if it's chronic pain or non-malignant, non-cancerous pain, you have to have so much documentation and all kinds of paperwork just to have somebody on pain. People often have pain syndromes that require some opiate, and they're perfectly fine living on it, and they can function quite well taking three tablets a day. You, can't, you have to crack down on the bad doctors and the pill mills and stop the overprescribing. That's the problem. And the pharmacies can track this. They have a computer base now and a database to check this all out. So it's far overreach. I think they ought to take away those laws and simply address the real problem of misprescribing and overprescribing. All right, Dave, thank you. That's what Open Mind Monday is all about. Your take on the topic of your choice, and whether I fully agree with Dave or not, it doesn't matter. He's the host of the show for the duration of his call. So you've got to have something you feel passionately about. 407-916-5400 on the text line 23680. Um, I noticed near the top of the text line that you guys are monitoring in the control room here, somebody on the crazy roads out there. I would, I would love you to put this out there before the news break. Yeah, a lot of people probably agree with this one. Says, uh, everyone is in a rush. Uh, I drive from Daytona to Orlando every day. No one gets pulled over. They all drive 20 miles over the speed limit or more. They cut people off in traffic. Mm. What is happening in Florida? Same thing has been happening ever since I've lived here, Alan. <laughs> well, it seems to be getting worse. And I made the comment to you. I drove over to Tampa on Saturday to see the New York Yankees play the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in a spring training game. I hope you left two hours or three hours earlier than the kick and tip-off. I left two hours earlier than game time, and I arrived a half hour after the game started. See? It's terrible. Two and a half hours to get from here to Tampa. Used to be a 90-minute drive easy. That's correct. Back yeah. before we had 21 million people living in Florida, yeah. most of them, it feels like, live right on the I-4 corridor. Right, Thanks Gappy? a lot, visitors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bottom of the hour right now. Open Mind Monday continues. Haven't heard from you yet. Get on the phone at 407-916-5400 on whatever topic you care about. And the text line remains open at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. We heard from Leslie about the uh, Boeing uh, MAX uh, 37 jets. And we've got the latest from Ethiopia and what they're finding in the black boxes, along with uh, uh, the knowledge that three schools from Florida are going to the big dance. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. That doctor you had on and on opioids is an idiot. So says another Open Mind Monday caller. And we'll hear from him shortly. Right now, Alan, to you. Yes, I prefer when the listeners attack each other and not us. Investigators will be able to get useful information from a crashed Boeing airliner's flight recorders. 
As Fox's Aisha Hasni reports, that is according to Ethiopia's transport minister. The black boxes from an Ethiopian Airlines flight that crashed last week are in good shape. He says enough data has been recovered for a preliminary report to be released in just 30 days and shows, quote, clear similarities with the crash of the same type of plane in Indonesia last October. That crash last week killed all 157 people on board. And both downed planes were Boeing 737 MAX 8 jetliners, which of course are currently grounded worldwide. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Three people were found shot early yesterday morning in East Orlando. The Orange County Sheriff's Office says the victims were two men, ages 34 and 42, and a 27-year-old woman. They were transported to ORMC with potentially life-threatening injuries. Deputies responding to the shooting found them at an address on South Alafaya Trail. No other details were immediately available. In Tallahassee, conservatives in the Florida legislature believe higher education is turning students into liberals, and they want to try to prove it. A higher ed bill sponsored by Representative Ray Rodriguez would force the Board of Governors of the State University System to conduct a yearly survey of students and faculty on academic freedom and diversity of viewpoints. The question is this, do our faculty feel free in the classroom to teach or do they feel like they're being pressured to teach in one way or another. But Marshall Ogletree with United Faculty of Florida says they know where this is headed. This process opens opportunity for political manipulation and will have a chilling effect on intellectual and academic freedom in the classroom. Ogletree says politicians will use that survey to turn faculty into punching bags. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get ready for March Madness in the Sunshine State. The Seminoles, the Gators, and the Knights are all going to the big dance. Florida State earned the four seed in the West region of the NCAA men's basketball tournament and will face 13th seeded Vermont on Thursday in Hartford, Connecticut. Florida is the number 10 seed in the West, taking on 7th seeded Nevada. On Thursday in Des Moines, Iowa, ninth-seeded UCF squares off with number 8 VCU on Friday in Columbia, South Carolina. Gotta love March Madness and our Florida team's gonna be fun to watch. Go Knights! Nikola Vucevic put up a big double-double as the Magic soared past the Hawks 101-91 in Orlando. He finished with 27 points and 20 rebounds for the Magic, which... Won every quarter except the third, and Vooch said he'll had a lot of help from his teammates. A lot of you know, pinker rolls, they were hitting me on uh, some cuts. A couple times the guards were driving, big you know, help on them, and I'd be wide open. So but it wasn't really like I was you know, like playing one-on-one or anything. It was mm-hmm. scoring, mm-hmm. it was just playing off my teammates. The Magic are now one game behind Miami for the eighth and final seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. WFLA News Time is 8.37. These and other stories are online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now, Budman. I'm with you on Go Knights, but I'm also, I might say, Go Gators because we carry the games here in WFLA. And for you oh, Seminole God. fans, we love your team too. So go Seminoles. Uh, it's going to be terrific. Go UCF. Well, we already did that. Well, no, 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 no. But I, 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 we do the Gator games here. Go, go UCF. I can't, so they I, made it. Yay. Well, who? Who else? Uh, I don't want to get hauled into the corner office <laughs> and lectured about. You need to mention the Gators because we carry the games the here. Nation yeah. Station. Yeah, no. Our, bo- our boss has a funny voice. Yeah, yeah, That's very kind of. Yeah, we, got a, we got a meeting after the. Uh, uh, show here, and I can't wait to sit down with Jim and talk to him about what's going on. He sounds like a small guy <laughs> with problems. I don't know. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Okay.
I don't know. We may hopefully still think that after the meeting, but we don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. At, at, right now, we're digging ourselves a big hole just a half an hour before that meeting. digging the hole. Bud is digging that hole. Not you, Ellen. Not me. Not Michael. And you guys are all in it. Ah, no. Anyway, David and Apopka, stay tuned. Uh, it, it says boldly on here, Melissa just parrots what the callers say when they want to get on the show. Doctor on opioids is an idiot. So we'll get... The retort from the last caller there, and we got somebody who's texting on why the roads are so crazy here in Orlando. Updating Central Florida headlines for you right now. A man is hurt after a deputy-involved shooting in Lake County. It happened yesterday afternoon in Claremont on Macon Street, where a deputy was responding to a domestic violence call. Few details have been released, but deputies say the suspect was armed. He was taken to the hospital and we don't have late word on his condition. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. Hosted by our man Yaffe for the ride home. Don't miss it. Thank you for waiting, David. You're on the Open Mind Monday line from Apopka. What's on your mind? Morning, bud. I was just calling in response to that, that doctor's claim about marijuana being a uh, hallucinogenic. What an idiot. What do you have to say has, beyond that? Marijuana has tetrahydrocannabinol in it. That's not a hallucinogenic. You don't see a six-foot-tall chicken running in your front yard, and that bag of chips and that burger is a very real thing in front of a pot smoker. Uh, you know, it's it's far from a hallucinogenic. There is nothing like mushrooms or mescaline in in marijuana. I it, I don't know when that guy got his license. It must have been in the forties when they thought people had jumped from windows. Well, he did say it. he was a retired physician, so maybe it's been a while. I don't know. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I, David. I remember in the forties they thought people would jump out of windows committing suicide when they smoked a joint. So it must have been him. All right, David, you're weighing in on Open Mind Monday. That's what we want is your take on the topic of your choice. You had a rebuttal on the text line. Anyone who calls someone an idiot rather than having a difference of opinion shows their IQ. And then he goes on to say, I second what the doctor said. I have a pain doctor in the family, and due to the paperwork, they will no longer prescribe opioids for patients who have chronic pain unless it's cancer. This is resulting in increased suicide for those with lifelong pain which needs to be managed. I don't have any uh, facts on that, but that's a text. There you go. And that's Open Mind Monday on the text line. What else, Yaffe? Well, earlier we were talking about Jeb Bush saying a Republican needs to run against Trump for the nomination. Still have uh, some texts on that coming in. One person said, uh, did Jeb support somebody primarying his father or brother to give Republican voters a choice? I don't recall that occurring. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember that one either. Odd says uh, Jeb is a, another person says Jeb is a sore loser. Clearly doesn't care about Americans. Just that simple. Alan, it's interesting. We were we had the um, the texter on Open Mind Monday about the crazy roads and what's going on in Orlando. Yeah, and we have a response to that here on the text line as well. Uh, says the problem with Orlando traffic is people live outside of Orlando because Orlando is the most expensive to rent in. So that's the difference, huh? Well, we just had a, a study that came out last yeah. week that said uh, 
uh, Orlando has the least affordable housing for low-income people in the country. And what's funny, right alongside that, it said we have the most vacant and unoccupied homes in the country. So somebody do something magic and make it work. Yeah. All right. All right. You enjoy the music of the Hootie and the Blowfish and the Bare Naked Ladies? We got a concert in Central Florida. You're going to it on us. And don't worry, if you're not familiar with them, the Bare Naked Ladies are not. Okay? <laughs> and <laughs> it's more like heavy said. Well, there may uh, be some out there that say, well, I don't know why they're putting that thing up there on the radio. Well, I can't believe they're sending us out there to see a bunch of naked ladies. That's not exactly <laughs> what this band is. They're a bunch of guys, right? Yeah, there may be somebody out there, and we're just trying to clear that up, okay? Yeah, and it's not real blowfish either. What? With Woody. No, no oh, they're not. Come on. <laughs> they're also guys. You guys are killing me today. <laughs> and we also have a four pack of tickets. One day admission to the Lake Ridge Winery Wine and Seafood Festival out in Claremont. Dual prizes, brand new, big time prizes. You want to play? You're eligible for sound judgment if you haven't won in a month. Get on the line now before they get jammed up. 407 916 5400. 407 916 5400 for those two fantastic, valuable prizes. And we have the uh, toll-free at 866-916-5400. Headlines right now, one more time. March Madness is upon us, and the Seminoles, the Gators, and the Knights are all going dancing. Florida State earning the four seed in the western region of the NCAA tournament to face 13th-seeded Vermont on Thursday. Florida is the 10 seed in the West, takes on 7th seeded Nevada on Thursday, and you'll hear the game here, I believe, on WFLA. 9th seeded UCF, the Knights, squaring off with 8th seeded VCU on Friday. Yay! Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories throughout the morning for you, and good morning, Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. You into Hootie and the Blowfish, Alan? Hootie and the Blowfish and Bare Naked Ladies, two big bands from the 1990s. The uh, lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish, I guess we call him Hootie, Darius Rucker, has also gone on to success in the world of country music. Okay there. And um, this is all part of a brand new double prize package. Melissa, bait the hook for sound judgment. I sure will. Not only do we have a pair of tickets to see Hootie and the Blowfish along with Bare Naked Ladies June 9th, they're at the Mid-Florida Credit Union Amphitheater. That's on the way to Tampa, so plan ahead. But we also have a four-pack of tickets of one-day admission for the Lake Ridge Winery Wine and Seafood Festival. That's at the Lake Ridge Winery and Vineyards. It happens this Friday and Saturday. We're going to have artists and crafters out there displaying their work and a whole bunch of tasty seafood specialties. Ooh, and you're going to win it if you get sound judgment correct. And uh, for more on that, lakeridgewinery.com, okay? okay? Fair enough. Here <laughs> comes the game. If you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer in an open line at 407-916-5400. Birthday wishes today for President Trump's very first chief of staff. He turns 47 today. Listen to some sound of him introducing Trump on election night. Then use your sound judgment to tell me who this is talking. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Thank you. It's been an honor. God bless. Thank God.
That's our birthday boy today. Give me his name, and you are winning those prizes. Line two, you're up. Good morning, line two. McIlvaney. No, no, no. <laughs> There's the open line. Opportunity knocks, 407-916-5400. Line three, name that person. Nowers. No, 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 no. Another open line. The first chief of staff for Trump. I don't know who that was. We haven't heard an actual name yet. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, who we got? Line three? Line four, four. you're up. Go ahead, line four. Privis, Rince Privis. Say it again. Privis, Rince Privis. We'll give it to Pribus. you. Privis. Yeah. It's Something Rince like Privis. Yeah, oh. It's the name that sounds like a disease. Privis. <laughs> i got a touch of Rince Privis. I don't think I'll be in tomorrow. Oh, my God. Put gloves on first, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Congratulations. You won the prizes. What do you think? Uh, wonderful. Thank you. All right. You ever ever been to Hootie and the Blowfish and Bare Naked Ladies? Some of the great bands from the 90s. Yeah. Well, you're going on us and to the Lake Ridge Winery for the big seafood festival. What's your first name, my friend? It is Heinz. Heinz? Yes, sir. Like the ketchup? How do I spell it? Yes, exactly like that, sir. All right. So what's and your first name? That is my first name. Oh, that is your first name. Oh, okay. come on now. <laughs> it uh, could be Heinz. Yeah. Is it Heinz Ward? It's a good German name. Yeah, sure. Heinz uh, Ward, yeah. <laughs> and where do, you, where do you call home? What town? Um, Orlando. Ah, we've heard of it, and we like it. And we are really glad you listened to us on Good Morning Orlando, Heinz. Thanks for being a part of our show, and way to go, winning the game. Fantastic. Thank you so much, sir. All right, now don't go away. You and Melissa will have a conversation off air, and we will make sure you get those tickets. Wow. Two prizes, and I think we're going to be doing that again tomorrow at some other point in the show. Yaffe, you got a show coming for the folks driving home tonight, not to be missed. Yes, uh, any breaking news that happens throughout the day, and it's Monday, so who knows what's going to happen. We will cover it on PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, we always have our news partners at Fox 35 on as well. Alan McBride brings the news. I bring the commentary and much more, so uh, check it out. Fantastic. It's PM Orlando from 5 to 6, and you still get Dave Ramsey from 3 to 5. Before that, Rush noon to 3. And before that and right after us, are you following this, there's going to be a quiz. Glenn Beck from 9 until noon. Mm. And we'll look for you tomorrow morning here on the 50,000-watt How do we porch. afford all these people? Huh? How it's, do we afford all these it's people? It's remarkable. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. And uh, listen, we are really glad... Uh, when you join us here on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. Thanks for a good round of, uh, of Open Mind Monday. Go out and make it a great day. And from all of us on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch, the Budman, Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.